in round three of our shameless begging for tickets to Time to Die, the new James Bond yeah. film uh, out by Universal. Come on, Universal, give us some tickets. We really like We've got them. a month. We've got a month to get free tickets. Got a month of free tickets. That's why we're talking about Bond. And yep. let me tell you, this one, this potential mm. real-life Bond could be the one that everything is based on. Ooh, The exciting. name's Popov. Dusan Popov. Okay. <laughs> right, you ready sure. for this? Yeah. This one's the Bond. Can't wait. All right, so here we are. We're talking about Dusan Popov, who yep. was uh, a Serbian born in 1912 to an exceptionally wealthy family. Mm. Like, we're talking seriously wealthy family. We're talking summers in Dubrovnik. That's where they shoot uh, Game of Thrones. Yep. And winters in Belgrade, where they don't shoot Game of Thrones. And, of course, so rich, Daddy built Dusan and his brothers a villa on a beach so they could hmm. party with their friends whenever they wanted to. Oh, that sounds delightful. Just the kind of dad we'd all like to have, right? Oh, so, I would love that, Daddy. Now, Dusan went to high school. Well, first he went to school in England where he was mm-hmm. expelled from a very, okay. very, very exclusive private school. He was expelled because he was given the cane once and then when he was about to be given the cane a second time, he snatched the cane away from the teacher and broke it over his knee. Instant boot. So he was sent to Paris where he went to high school for six years in a high school in Versailles. So this guy just drips privilege, all right? He was as wealthy as they come. Now, when he got back to Serbia after graduating high school, he got a law degree. And then mm-hmm. he went to get a doctorate in law in Berlin in the 30s. Now we're around about 1932. He went to Berlin okay. to get his doctorate in law and also to work on his German because he could speak English really well. He could speak French really well. He could speak Serbian really well. He wanted to up his German. So he gets his German up and running. And while he mm-hmm. was there, this guy called Adolf Hitler just happened to take over the country. And well, Dusan didn't really like it. So he became a bit of a student activist, a little bit of an anti-Nazi demonstrator. And then once he graduated, he was going to go and celebrate in Paris. He was arrested by the Gestapo. Oh. Yeah, right. So he's arrested by the Gestapo in 1938 on the suspicion of being a communist. The worst thing you could be in Germany. Well, he rang his dad. His dad rang the Yugoslavian Prime Minister. The Yugoslavian Prime Minister rang Hermann Goering, and eight days after he was arrested, Dusan walked out of the prison free man with an apology from the Gestapo saying, sorry about that, didn't mean to do it. Can we come and party in your villa? Right. So he goes to Paris, and he meets a guy called Jebson. Jebson was a businessman in the UK who needed to get into Trieste, which is in Italy, north, eastern Italy, near Yugoslavia. And yep. Dusan helped him do that with his legal prowess. And it turned out that uh, Jebson was actually working for the Abwehr, which was the German military intelligence organization, the Nazis. And he sort of said, you know what? 
you should sort of join me because it means we get to travel around Europe and no one bothers us. As long as we keep reporting to the Abwehr, we can do what we want. So Dusan goes, sounds like a really cool idea. I'll get back to you on that. Goes straight to MI6 and says, this guy just asked me to join the Abwehr. What should I do? And MI6 went, do it. Join the Abwehr. Work for them. That sounds like a great idea. And while you're working Mm. for them, you can work for us. And he became the classic double agent. Goes to London, starts getting fed stuff by MI6, which he then feeds to the Abwehr. And the Abwehr thought all of his stuff was totally legit. They loved him. Right. Right. So jump to 1941. We're in Portugal now. This guy got around. He got around. Having a great time. Oh, yeah. And like he had multiple code names. His code name for MI6 was Dusko. His code name for the Abwehr was Ivan. And he had another one, Tricycle. But we'll get to we'll get to that. He had a real problem riding bicycles. He could only no no no. We'll get to why he was called Tricycle. Okay. So we're in Portugal, just outside of Lisbon, at the Casino Estoril. Yes, wow. there's a casino involved. There's Fleming sitting in the foyer drinking and he looks up and this incredibly attractive playboy is at the Baccarat table throwing money away. Now, mm. the interesting thing about, uh, and it was Dusan, and now the interesting thing about uh, Dusko, Popov, he was taking all the money the Germans gave him and he was gambling it. Now, one of the reasons they gave him gambling money was the way he contacted his Abwehr handler in Portugal was by playing certain numbers on the roulette wheel. So he would stand on one side of the table, his contact would stand on the other side of the table, and they'd send messages to each other by the way they bet. But there he is playing Baccarat, drinking a martini, having a wonderful time, and surrounded by a bevy of beauties. Because one of the things about uh, Dusko, Dusko, and this is the description of him, he had sensual loose lips, Nice. And green bedroom eyes. The ladies absolutely loved this guy. I mean, why not? I'd eat that up. (laughs) Yeah, you would tear into that. (laughs) Here's the interesting thing, though. Here's the really interesting thing. When you look at a photo of him, I mean, I'm a guy. I look at a photo of him and go, oh, yeah, he's all right. But I'm wondering how much the money was an attractant as well. Yes. But he was a large man. He was very good looking. He had lots of money. He drove fast sports cars and he hung around with a lot of fast women. And Fleming and he became really, really good mates. They started working together on certain things, including a thing called Operation Fortitude. Now, Operation Fortitude was a plan by MI6 and Fleming worked on it in, like intimately. He was working as a journalist, but he, as a cover, but he was working for MI6. And the thing was, it was to fool the Nazis into thinking that D-Day was going to land in Calais. Now, right. um, our good friend, uh, Salty, Salty sent me a link to a trailer for a film called Operation Mincemeat, which is based on the Operation Fortitude story, where essentially they got a corpse put fake documents on that corpse, threw the corpse out of a plane into the ocean and waited for it to wash up in Portugal. The Portuguese picked up the corpse and then handed the information over to the Germans. The Germans then moved all of their troops from Normandy up to Calais and bada bing, bada boom, we have D-Day and it goes on and on. But that That's was quite the setup. Brilliant setup and the movie yeah. comes out soon. Operation Mincemeat coming out very soon. Uh, free tickets for whichever distributor is doing it. I'd love to see it. Anyway, um, okay. so... <laughs> But we've got to get to the thing of the code name Tricycle. Yes. Now, there are a couple of reasons why he was called Tricycle. One, people say he was called Tricycle because he was the head of three double agents that MI6 were running. I'm not really happy with that one. It's not really, really doesn't work for me. The other reason was he was also working for the Americans. 
Now, wow. here's the thing. Around 1941, he flew to New York to tell the FBI that the Germans were looking for information about Pearl Harbor. Now, the thing was, the, the Germans had no access to Pearl Harbor, truly. They were, they, were, they were doing a little bit of mine laying and ship sinking around Australia. There's an interesting story about all the wrecks along the eastern coast and around Wollongong. A lot of them were sunk by the Japanese or German ships. But what this guy did, he basically turned around to the FBI and went, the Germans want information on Pearl Harbor. You really need to look at it. J. Edgar Hoover did not like the look of this man. He was mm. too loose-lipped and sensual. His eyes were too green in bedroom for yep. Hoover. So the, the common story is that Hoover turned around and said, uh, don't believe you, bugger off. The other story was they went, yeah, this is totally credible, but we don't want to do anything about it because there is a theory that they actually allowed Pearl Harbor to occur so they could go into the war. They had a reason to engage in the war. Uh, yes, that theory. Yeah, the old theory. Out, yeah, well, you really could. But anyway, um, the big thing was that meant he was now working for three separate agencies because the FBI said, look, if you've got any more information, please pass it on. So so that was another reason why they called him Tricycle. However, my reason, and it comes back to the loose sensual lips and green Mm -hmm. bedroom eyes, he was a big fan of the menage a trois. Right. He loved going to bed with two ladies. I bet. Right, right. What man wouldn't? What man would Well- yeah, that's a lot of work to me. <laughs> it is a lot of work. Really, it is a lot, lot of work. You've got to concentrate. You've got to, you've got to really remain yeah. focused. The, the, you've got to keep your head in the game. You've got to really, really work hard. Yeah, you've got, you've got to really concentrate because there's a lot going on. And, you know, yeah. they can focus on themselves and a bit of you, but you've got to focus on all of them. And I look, trust yeah. me, having been there and done that, is my wife listening to this? Hopefully not. Oh, God. I'm Hopefully not. All right. Anyway, he was the atypical. He was pretty much the the mould that you could mm. have thrown Bond into. And he looked like Bond. And the other thing is Casino Esperil, that was used as a set for uh, the casino scenes in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Right. right. So the great thing about Popov is he lived a very full life, died from cigarettes and alcohol, like complications rising from cigarettes and alcohol. In mm. about the 80s, he wrote a book called Counter Spy, talking about his life, a lot of which people said was quite embellished. And I mm. can't believe that a spy would embellish their experiences. Oh, no. It just doesn't I happen. don't. It just never happens. Never would. But essentially, he had one thing that he did say, and this is a common thing with anybody who's nailed as being the Bond archetype. He said, I yep. could not drink that much. Bond must have been an alcoholic. Now, as a teaser, I'm going to send you a Bond martini, Michelle. Okay. And next week, we're going to drink those Bond martinis, and we're going to work out just how drunk you'd get drinking a Bond martini, and we're also going to look at the one guy that inspired Bond's martini. Okay. Right. I mean, I'm I'm in. All right. Done. You had me at martini. Cool. Popov. Nailed. Okay. Done. Done. 